All right, all right. Man, you guys look amazing this morning. I say this every week, and I don't just, well, I don't say it every week. I haven't said it maybe one or two weeks, but it really is true that you guys are growing this 1030 or 10 o'clock service, excuse me, 10 o'clock service, and some of y'all, it's a 1030 service. That that's all right, you know, hey, just getting in here. That's okay. But growing this 10 o'clock service, so many of you have moved from the 1130 to the 10 to create some seats for us. I appreciate that, but I mean, if you look around this morning, you guys are doing an amazing job moving uh, and helping us fill this tent, and it, it's awesome. I'm so excited uh, about it. Well, you guys are in for a treat today. We've got a guest speaker. I'll tell you about that in just a second, but let me just hit real quick what you heard Cody talk about. Easter weekend, Easter weekend coming up April, I think the video said July, I'm not sure what's up there, we're on the Mayan calendar with that a little bit, um, but we're going to celebrate it in April, all right, April 19th and 20th, April 19th and 20th, Saturday night service. First time we've ever done a Saturday night service for Easter. We've done some Fridays before, but this year we're going Saturday night at 6 o'clock, Sunday morning, 10 and 11.30. Now let me give you just a little inside. This is, this is insider trading information right here, all right? If crowds get on your nerves, Saturday at 6 o'clock is where you need to come, all right? We're going to have a good crowd, but it ain't going to be a chaotic crowd like, you know, shopping on Christmas Eve. That's what Easter Sunday morning is like. There'll be about 500 people here at 10 and 1130 on Easter Sunday morning. So some of you guys tell me every year, like, I ain't even coming on Easter. Like, there's just so many people here, I'm not coming. At Come Saturday night, 6 o'clock, April 19th. Bring somebody with you. We're going to have some invite cards we're going to be handing to you next week and just some promotional stuff we're going to be passing out. But the fact is, is that your friends and family that don't know Jesus, not trading off services, you're going to another church, they're coming to yours, but your friends and family that don't know Jesus, they're looking to go to church somewhere on Easter, all right? They're looking to go to church, so give them the invite, let them know it's coming up Saturday, April 19th at 6 o'clock, and Sunday morning, normal service times, 10 and 11.30, going to have a big time, expecting a lot of people to give their life to Jesus. How many people will believe with me, expect when we're going to get, we're expecting a lot of people to give their heart to Jesus on Easter Sunday morning? Can you believe that? All right. Be praying with me and, uh, and inviting, and we're going we're gonna to do that. So, well, we're continuing our series today, Jesus Is, where we're just taking a couple of weeks to find out who Jesus is, some characteristics about him, who he is, who he isn't. I'm going to be picking that back up next week, but I'm really excited for you guys to get to hear from a new friend of mine, Micah Pelkey and I are pastors group together, a pastor coaching group together, and um, we were down in Atlanta with this group recently. I'd never met Micah before, and we get in this motel conference room. There's about 15 or 16 of us, and only two of us are making jokes, right? Only two of us are like being sarcastic. You know, that's my love language. Y'all know that, and so Mike and I just looked around the room and realized like everybody's taking this real serious. We better stop joking, and so we hit it off and, uh, and so I said, Micah, you play golf. Come on down, let's play some golf. We got rained out yesterday, so we went shoe shopping. And my man, I went and slept in the car. He shopped for shoes two hours. I'm just going to throw him under the bus right there. He loves to shop for shoes, but I got me some right here. Y'all like that? I got me some. It's on sale. My wife liked them, so I'll just go with that. But, man, really excited for you guys to hear from Micah. He, he's from Canada. He's a hockey player, all right? And, uh, but he got his teeth fixed up and fixed all that from hockey. And pastor's in Ohio now. So you got Justin Bieber and Alanis Morissette. But let me tell you something. We got somebody more famous from Canada than Bieber and Morissette today. The legend from the land of the true north. Will you guys give me a big welcome for Mr. Micah Pelkey. Good morning, good morning. 
How many's glad to be at River City today? You, uh, you're enjoying our time of worship together. It is, uh, it is an honor to be here with you uh, this weekend. And, and as your pastor said, I recently met him. Love the opportunity getting to know his family. I have four children. Uh, they are 14, 11, 5, and 4. And uh, little Nora has actually made me want number five. Uh, she, she has very quickly won my heart over. And um, so blessings on, on uh, the Isaacs. You guys are so blessed to have a pastor that loves you and wants to lead you and care for you. And uh, I've really enjoyed my weekend hanging out with them and, uh, and shopping. I got four pair of boots for my wife. I had to send 30 pictures before she settled on four. Um, but my girls, I bought three pair for my worship pastor, one pair for my student pastor. Isn't that awesome? Uh, my whole back seat is full of boots. Uh, so if you haven't been there this weekend, you need to go. Um, they're selling $300 boots for $30 at Zappos or Amazon or whatever that is. You need to go in 30 minutes from now. Um, so don't leave just yet. My name is Micah. Um, I'm going to be 41 this year from Canada. And so I realize sometimes when you hear someone new, you, you know, I only got half an hour, and if you spend all your time analyzing me, it's going to be a waste of me even being here this weekend. So on the count of three, just tell me your name, but say it really loud. One, two, three. That was horrible. All right, let's try this again. One, two, three. All right, last time. I now have 29 minutes. Louder. One, two, three. Okay, just, just so I know you guys a little bit better, and I need you to have a little bit of energy for me, be a little bit loud here. I want to ask you some questions. Uh, John Maxwell and Andy Stanley says you're always going to talk better if you know your audience. And uh, so if I ask a question like boxers or briefs right now, I just need you to shout out. I need you to shout out, shout out what your preference is just so I can talk to you in the next half an hour. And I know a little bit the audience I'm talking to. All right, you ready? All right, shout it out. I want to hear you. Trash or recycle? Baggy jeans or skinny jeans? Coke or Pepsi? Gaithers? How many know the Gaithers? I, uh, I've been to Gaither concerts before. People make fun of me at my church, but I've been to Gaither concerts before, and you can like, you know, smell all like the Ben Gay and all those creams, all that stuff. And everyone makes fun of how young I, I've been going since I was 16. But all right, Gaithers or Guns N' Roses? You guys need Jesus. All right. I heard like two gaithers. All right. Beach or mountains? Early bird or night owl? Pentecost or Baptist? Introvert or extrovert? Sausage or bacon? You, got, you guys were like so quiet until we talked about food. You're bacon! All right. Paperback or ebook? Crushed ice or cubed? Hugs or kisses? I heard someone over here say both. They're bad. Dress up or dress down? Play in the band or play sports? Adventurous or cautious? King James Version like the real one, the only Bible that gets you to heaven. King James Version or Message Bible? Call or text? Spicy or mild? All right, now I can pick my sermon just based on your answers here. So thank you very much. Um, I want to give you some school excuses before we go into our message, Jesus is healer. How many is glad Jesus is our healer? Um, before we go into our message this morning, 
I want to give you some school excuses from uh, parents that were sent into the school system from Indiana. So if you're from Indiana, I don't want to offend you today, but, but I do just, we've prayed twice already. I'd like to pray a third time for Indiana. All right, would that be fair if we prayed for Indiana today? These are some actual school excuses sent in from parents in Indiana. Number one, my son is under a doctor's care and should not take PE today. Please, please execute him. Number two, please excuse Lisa for being absent. She was sick and I had her shot. Number, how many just know we need to pray for Indiana? All right, number three. Dear school, please, I assume that's excuse John being absent on January 28, 29, 30, 31, 32. Have you ever had a month that just won't end? It just keeps going on and on and on. Number four, please excuse Gloria from... <laughs> she is administrating. Number five, I told you to pray for Indiana. I told, I told you before I even started. Okay, please excuse Roland from PE for a few days. Yesterday, he fell out of a tree and misplaced his hip. Number six, John has been absent because he had two teeth taken out of his face. Carlos was absent yesterday because he was playing football and he was hurt in the growing part. Megan could not come to school today because she has been bothered by very close veins. Chris will not be in school. Cussie has an acre in his side. Please excuse Ray Friday from school. He has very loose vowels. Please excuse Tommy for being absent yesterday. He had diarrhea and, and his muesli. <laughs> Please excuse Jimmy for being. It was his father's fault. True story. Um, Please excuse Jennifer for missing school yesterday. We forgot to get the Sunday paper off the porch, and when we found it Monday, we thought it was Sunday. <laughs> Please excuse Jason for being absent yesterday. He had a cold and could not breathe well. I love this next one. Marianne was absent December 11th to the 16th because she had a fever, sore throat, headache, upset stomach. Her sister was also sick with a fever and sore throat. Her brother had a low grade, fever and ached all over. I wasn't the best either, sore throat and fever. There must be something going around. Her father, her father even got hot last night. Uh, So how many of you would promise, we'll just pray for Indiana this week? I'm serious. You'll just keep them on your prayer list? My friends are, are here this morning from Indiana, and they didn't laugh one time, nor did they raise their hand to pray for Indiana. Just kidding. I'm glad the Eshrees are here today. They are good friends of mine. I want to talk to you in the next few moments how that Jesus is our healer. And whatever you're going through today, whether or not it's it's something that is a knowledgeable ailment, maybe a doctor's report, maybe you're out of work right now, uh, maybe it's something that's on the inside of you and most people in your row would not know today, I just pray that in the next few moments the Spirit of God would heal you in this room, that you, whether it's an instant healing or even in the days and weeks to come, that God would begin the process of healing you, whether it's emotionally or spiritually, 
because Jesus is our healer. I want to read a passage of scripture that is very close to my heart, Luke chapter 10, beginning to read at verse number 30, and I want to read down through it, including verse number 35. Luke chapter 10, beginning to read at verse 30, there was once a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho, and on the way he was attacked by robbers. They took his clothes, beat him up, went off leaving him half dead. Luckily, a priest was on his way down the same road, but when he saw him, he angled across to the other side. Then a Levite religious man showed up. He also avoided the injured man. A Samaritan traveling the road came on him, and when he saw the man's condition, his heart went out to him. He had compassion, one translation says. He gave him first aid, disinfecting and bandaging his wounds, lifted him onto his donkey, led him to an inn, made him comfortable. In the morning, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, take good care of him, and if it costs any more, put it on my bill, and I'll pay you on my way back. As we talk about Jesus is healer today, I would love just in the middle of my opening subject matter, and we'll close with prayer for healing today, but, but I would love to talk to you about three words that you just read with me in this particular passage, and those three words are on the way, on the way. Would you say that with me this morning? On on the way. Let's say it again. On, on the way. A lot of things can happen in life on the way. I was driving with my daughter last summer, and she is now 14, going on about 20, and uh, she's so much like her mom, and, and when, when they're on the same page, that's a good thing. Uh, they look alike, people say they resemble each other, they have so much of the identical personality, but when they turn on each other, it is crazy. But last summer, I'm with my daughter, and she wanted to go to a big production they were doing uh, outside the mall, and, and she wanted to take her friend, and, and so I had, I had a convertible at the time, had the top down, and, and afterward, we went to Applebee's and went out, and we are on the way, I'm talking about on the way. We are on our way home after midnight. It's after midnight. We're on our way home. And I'm on the phone talking to a pastor friend of mine in Seattle. And she is in the back seat with her friend McKenna. And the wind is blowing and the stars are out. And we dropped McKenna off and it was gorgeous. And we passed by a ski resort. We're on our way back to my house. And, and I think it was August and it was an absolutely gorgeous night. And as we're on our way home, talking about on the way today... I'm talking on the phone, and it is absolutely amazing, and I'm thinking how much I enjoyed time out that night with my oldest daughter, because I don't know how many of you are parents, but sometimes, especially when you have more and more children, trying to diversify up time and what's fair, and you know, just wanting to be that equitable father and dad, and, and so I'm just thanking God for this awesome night I had, and talking to my friend, and it's going so great, but how many knows on the way in life that sometimes things can go south pretty quickly. Amen. Sometimes you're one phone call away, you're one moment away, just one day away from what seems like an amazing night turning pretty ugly pretty quick. I'm on the phone talking, my daughter's in the back seat, the top's down, the stars are out, it's just after midnight, and all of a sudden, I am not kidding, 
I know you don't know me well, and the hockey player side of me shouldn't admit this, but I'm driving in the car, and if I get freaked out or something happens, my voice can squeal so high. I don't know if that is the side of me that likes skinny jeans, I don't know. But my voice can go like crazy high. I'm driving the car, and all of a sudden, right beside the, the ski resort where we're going, it's gorgeous there, this bird or bat or something flies through, hit my elbow, and then hit my leg. I am not kidding. I squeal so loud, the pastor from Seattle starts laughing on the phone. Promise to God I hung up on him, just like that. Just click, I was done. I put my legs up on the dashboard because whatever was, I, I'm not lying for one second. I even told my, I thought it was biting my leg. That's why I thought it was a bat. Something like it hit my elbow, my knee, and then I thought it was biting my leg. And so my car is like 55, 50, 45, 40. Brooklyn's in the back seat laughing her head off thinking this is so funny. I have no idea what is down there on the floor, but I'm not putting my feet back down. And so we're 30, 20, 10, we pull over. I'm sitting like this, and I told Brooklyn, Brooklyn, you have to jump over the car because she couldn't get to the door. I said, you got to jump over the car, come around, open up the door, shine the light on your phone down there to see what it is. So she's laughing and telling me how she's going to tell the whole world, and she comes around, opens the door, and it was my cell phone charger. <laughs> it, was my, it was my, I hate even admitting it. It was my cell phone charger. As I'm talking on my phone, charging it, it came out, hit my elbow, and then it's dangling against my knee, and I thought it was eating me. That whole time, like, here I think something was, was eating me. The moral of the story is really nothing, except, except sometimes crazy things happen on the way. Crazy things happen on the way. You know, statistically, statistically they say that only one out of five church plants survive. One out of five church plants survive. Now, I would ask you this question today because we just read a passage that said a man was going from Jerusalem to Jericho and, and on the way. Do you think when he got up that morning that, that he ever imagined what could happen on the way or do my I honestly I just felt the presence of God even just saying that little part because a lot of times when you leave the Jerusalem of your life you fully expect to get safely to Jericho one out of five church plants survive do you think that other 80 percent when they're dreaming and meeting in a home and and buying a few chairs or getting that first sound system or, or analyzing what's the sign going to look like or are we going to be portable in a school and they're so excited and they get that little ad in the newspaper, they get their first uh, Vista cards, you know, their phone number and address and they're going to hand them out to all of their friends. Do you think they ever dream of the day that would come when they would shut it down? When I went to Bible college, there was 55 in our class. And now there's six of us that are in any form of ministry at all, six out of 55. Do you think that when the 55 of us went to Bible college and paid thousands of dollars and got student loans, do you think that, that they ever imagined what could happen on the way? I read an article not too long ago about the millions and millions of dollars in America 
of students that enroll in college or university. Now, I don't know about you, but, but even in our church now and, and all of our, last year we had over 400 children in the, in the kids' ministry and Pastor Ethan's got about 150 teenagers and, and a lot of those kids, you know, they'll dream and talk to me and say, Mike, I want to be this and I want to be that and, and they're so excited when they get the letter. Matter of fact, just, uh, just Friday I had lunch with, with a guy and he's telling me, you know, he, he's got an invitation from Marietta and four Division II schools and he's a basketball player and he can't decide which one and he's so excited about picking that and this article talked about all of the money all of the loans all of the expenses that never come to fruition because somewhere along the way those kids drop out of college that same kid that was so excited leaving Jerusalem to go to Jericho that same young man or young woman that thought I'm going to be a doctor I'm going to be a lawyer I want to work with children I want to be a teacher Never imagining that the wrong relationship, the broken heart of a broken, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, that call that said, you know, my, my parents are divorcing, and, and that 19 or 20-year-old that leaves school and drops out, and this article talked about the millions of dollars go by the wayside, people dropping out of universities and colleges, never imagining what could happen on the way. You know, there's people right now, I'm, I'm the son of a pastor, this is all I've ever known. There's people that don't actively go on Sunday morning. I commend you for being here today. There's people that don't actively go to a gathering like this on a Sunday morning because they've got hurt along the way. And, and I could start by talking about my sister. She hasn't been in church in 13 years and, and now going through a divorce. And, and I love my sister. I could talk to you about my uncle who was a worship pastor at my pastor's church and he too went through a divorce and, and he used to lead worship and as a 15, 16 year old, I, I used to just look at him thinking, man, I love my uncle Alan. He was like a second dad to me. You would have never convinced me then that this morning he wouldn't be in church. You couldn't have convinced me. My uncle Alan absolutely loved to go and worship God, but he probably never dreamed what could happen on the way. You know, people get so excited when they're dating and, and they'll talk about, you know, I love you, no, I love you more. Did anyone ever date and have those conversations where you almost like fell asleep on the phone? You know, my wife and I will talk about how, you know, I was about 35 minutes away from where she was at and, and I would go from where I was working and drive up and put a little teddy bear in her car and she had bought this car for $500 and the ceiling material was falling in and her dad had like pinned like a thousand pins trying to keep that up and I'd leave a little teddy bear and tell her I was thinking about her. And sometimes when you're dating, it's like, I love you, no, no, I love you the most, I love you the most this. And you're making up words that don't even exist. <laughs> they say now that 37% of marriages work out. 37%. Do you think those 63%, be honest with me, do you think those 63% of marriages, when they're spending money on a videographer and a photographer and a cake and invitations, do you want pink? Well, I don't know, maybe purple. What about fuchsia? I mean, it's colors you don't even know what it is, and, and you're so wrapped up in it, and, and mothers are, are into it, and mother-in-laws, and, and you know, everyone's debating what it's going to look like and who we're going to invite. We come, and we take pictures, and we're smiling, and we're mashing cake in each other's face. Do you think... 63% of those people that spend all that money and have 
all of that verbiage of I love you the most, do you think they ever imagined? Come on, River City, ever imagine that they would sit in a room and then pay money to annul the thing that they were most excited about? Because you never dream of what could happen on the way. There are people in this room right now, there, there will be people that will visit over Easter that we could come in and high-five and good to see and direct your attention and watch the video. You have no idea even in this room, people that have been hurt on the way. That never dreamed that that family member would die. That would never dream that they would be visiting their son or daughter in a detention center. I just, you know, in the last six months, our entire staff's been going more and more to the detention center. We're talking 13 and 14 year old, year old kids in there. And the other night I was there and there was 20 in the room. And, and I asked them, why are you here? And they start telling me I was raped when I was 12 by my stepdad. And another little boy that was there ended up with tears telling me how he had to beat off a, a stepdad with a skateboard over his head because his stepdad was beating up his mom. There are people in your world, in your community... There are kids in your classes. There are people that are three houses down. There's people in your factory. There are people that you are passing every day that, that you just see the three-lane traffic jam. You, you just see the eight people deep at Walmart and, and thinking, man, I just wish they would open another lane. i got to go. And I just read you a passage of Scripture that said how easy it is to pass by people that have been hurt on the way. The guy's left for dead in a ditch, broken, hurting, on the way. And a Levite and a priest, they pass by because they're so busy and so preoccupied to help on the way. I just wonder how many in this room and how many people you're connected with have been hurt on the way. Matthew chapter 15 says this, that Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat, and I do not want to send them away hungry, or they may collapse on the way. Genesis chapter 35, let me share just a couple of stories and wrap this up, but Genesis chapter 35 tells us the story of a man who absolutely loved his wife. He had worked 14 years for her. Seven years hoping he got her only to wake up and find out it was her sister. And then another seven years. And he so bad wanted her to meet his family. This man, this, this husband was so excited for his wife to meet his family. And the Bible says in G Genesis chapter 35 that, that as he was taking Rachel to meet his family that, that she began to have great difficulty. And as she was having great difficulty in childbirth, the midwife said to her, don't despair, you have another son. And, and as she breathed her last, for she was, she was dying. And Rachel died and was buried on the way. I want you to notice that in verse 19. So Rachel died and was buried on the way. And over her tomb... Jacob, could you say that with me, Jacob? Over her tomb, Jacob set up a pillar, and to this day that pillar marks Rachel's tomb. 
She died on the way. And if you were honest with me this morning, everyone in this room would have a story, would have an example, would have something that you could share with me that has happened on the way. The doctor's report, the health situation, we're talking about Jesus' healer. And there are things that you would say, I never dreamed, I, I never imagined, Micah, that at this point in my life I'd be taking these prescription meds. I, I never dreamed I'd be struggling with communication in my marriage. I, I never dreamed I would be battling this with my son or daughter. And here we have Jacob who's worked for years and years for his wife and loves her and wants her to meet his family. But before that happens on the way, the Bible says that Jacob ends up burying her on the side of the road. If I can jump ahead to Genesis chapter 48, verse number 7. Again, he is rehearsing what happened. And notice the verbiage here. He said, long ago, as I was returning, Rachel died in the land of Canaan. We were still... We were still on the way, some distance from Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. And so with, come on, help me, so with great sorrow, I buried her there beside the road. Guys, if we can back up to verse number 21 of Genesis 35, and I just want to point something out to you today. That the Bible says that with great sorrow... Jacob buried her on the way, in a ditch, on the side of the road. And if you and I live our lives always by our checkbook, always by the facts, always by the doctor's report, always by what's not fair, that next verse of Scripture says, and Israel moved on. Do you see that? And Israel moved on. You see, all of us in the room are made up of two people. You have your outer man. I don't want to get crazy on anyone. Just you have your outer man and you have your inner man. The Bible says the outer man perishes, the inward man is renewed. So we have a natural man, but then we have a spiritual man. And sometimes in a church setting, it's your spiritual man, the inward man, that's going to relate to God. Notice this passage of Scripture that Jacob has great sorrow. Remember I read that to you? That Jacob is overwhelmed. That Jacob looking at a shovel in a ditch. That Jacob analyzing why. Why God? Why is my wife not going to meet my family? That Jacob in the natural realm is overcome with great sorrow. Then this verse says that Israel moved on. Because when you and I determine to move on in our lives, and I hope to challenge some of you right now, this is part of the process of healing. We're talking about Jesus as healer. That if you always look at the facts, if you always have to see everything line up and connect the dots, Jacob will stay beside the ditch the rest of his life. There are people right now still struggling with things that happened in 1995. I remember when I was a child, and Pastor Micah, when I was five years old, if you're not careful, you will hold a shovel and stay by the ditch the rest of your life. But if you're going to move on, something on the inside of you, come on Israel, I know it's on the inside of you even today. There's an Israel on the inside of you that is crying, turn the page, move on, I want my future, I want destiny, I want a purpose. And it's not Jacob that moves on, it's Israel. 
It's his new name. It's his God-man that moves on. And I want to encourage you today that part of your healing process will be when the inside person, the spirit side of you becomes greater than that outer man, that outer person. It doesn't mean you're denying the facts. It doesn't mean that you're faking it. It just means that you determine that the Israel side of you refuses to live in yesterday and you want to live in your tomorrow and where God's taking you. Jesus is healer today. As we close, as we close our message this morning, here are some prayers that I have for you as a church. We read in Luke chapter number 10, and I always say I have, I'm closing, and the church knows I have three closes, so I think that was the first one, right? Or second? I know I got at least one more. Just kidding. Here's my prayers for your church. Pastor Jason, this is my prayers for you, for your leadership team, for what God's going to do in this area with you guys. I loved it even coming in, just the energy out there and in the foyer and the youth, and I, I don't know, I, as soon as I walked in, I just loved it. Here's my prayer for what God would do through you guys here in the area. My first prayer is this, that, that you will always care for people who get sidetracked on the way. I'm not trying to make light of this, I've grown up in church. And sometimes church always wants the you know, I'm happily married for 40 years and, you know, three kids and they're all A students and, you know, bumper sticker on the minivan, you know. My kid's on a roll and I'm going to tithe 500 a week. That's awesome. But the reality of it is that, that you guys every day are surrounded by people who's been hurt. And can I tell you this, you know, and, and this is sometimes an error, I think, of the church. That sometimes we think people made a decision for the ditch. We think sometimes people wanted that. They made bad choices. Can I tell you that most people that leave Jerusalem to go to Jericho, that was our scripture text, most people that leave Jerusalem to go to Jericho fully intended. That 63% never thought they would end up signing annulments and they, they never dreamed they would lose millions of dollars dropping out of college. We just had a guy in our church get sentenced Friday to 40 months in prison. Never done drugs in his life until he had surgery on his intestines and got hooked on prescription drugs. Got caught with a bunch of them. 40 months, married with three kids. Sentenced Friday. I guarantee you when you sit and talk to Chris and he's unbelievable, he never dreamed that could happen to him. I don't want to stand up here and start crying today, but I'm telling you a fact, even in this room, there's been people that's been hurt that never imagined what could happen. And so my prayer is that you will always care for people who get sidetracked on the way. That when you see them hurting and broken, that you don't jump to judging or criticizing, but, but you just step back and say, I wonder if there was a day when they used to have a dream. I wonder if there was a moment when that teenager or, or that divorcee or, or when that, bro I wonder if there was a moment when they wanted to go to Jericho. My second prayer is that your church will never distance yourself from the ditch. 
You see the priest and the Levite in this passage. The Bible says that one angled and one avoided. Never, please River City, never learn the art of angling and avoiding a broken Louisville. Don't learn how to do that. It's an art that the church has learned. This passage of Scripture, I believe, encourages us not to become that type of a person. The next thing I would say is that a growing church learns to work with wounded people. A growing church can handle dirty ditches. A growing church believes that you can bind up and you can better the person even that's left half dead. My third prayer, may you always have a heart for the hurting. When I read this passage to you, the Bible said that when the third guy came along, we call him the Good Samaritan, when he saw the man in the ditch, he had compassion. When's the last time that the streets around here stirred you as you pulled in? When's the last time that you saw that person in the traffic jam or the Walmart line or, or that little kid, the, the Y called us just the other day and, and told us a little boy was coming to the Y, wore the exact same clothes for three weeks straight, no underwear. No underwear, same clothes, three weeks straight. They called, said, is there anything you could do? We went out, I'm not kidding, bought hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Nike outfits, two pair of Nike shoes. I mean, we got pictures, I mean, we hooked this kid up. Little did we know, his parents going through a divorce, mom took off to Cleveland, just craziness involved. When's the last time the person in the ditch stirred your compassion? When's the last time that the person pulling out three doors down and, and passing by your driveway, that it was more than just the, hey, good to see you. Some of us don't even always do that. Don't get caught up in angling and avoiding, even if it's not on purpose. Hear me today, they're there. They're at the YMCA gym with you. They're, they're in the line with you. They're passing you. Ask God today, let my heart have a compassion. Stir me, God. It's not just about, you know, am I crowded on Sunday? It's not just about my convenience. It's about compassion for be people that have been left dead in a ditch. My fourth prayer as we talk about stirring our compassion, I would ask you, does it stir your checkbook? Does it stir your checkbook? Because two times here it says this guy gave. He gave. And if you're going to have a heart, if you really want God to heal people, you want Him to heal people here at River City, not only will it stir your compassion, it'll stir your checkbook. My prayer is that you will persistently seek to give, lift, lead, and make people better. That's what this guy did. The Bible said that he gave to him, he lifted him, he led him, and said, I want to make sure he gets better. My final prayer, and this is my final close. May you finish the purpose and plan that God has started in you. Two things as I pray for you today. Number one, if you're here and you've been wounded on the way, I would love for you to say this when I pray over you right now. I'm going to give you the opportunity. Here's what I'd love you to say, just you and God. This is not for me. I'd love for you to say, I'm better than this ditch. I'm better than this ditch. I'm hurt right now. I'm wounded right now. I'm left for half dead. I'm not involved in ministry. Jason's been asking me, and I've just been saying I'm not ready. You know, just give me some time. 
Maybe some of you feel like your marriage is, is hanging on by a thread. Your son or daughter is off track. But just someone in 30 seconds when I pray would say, I'm better than this ditch. I'm better than this ditch. I'm better than this ditch. My destiny was not this ditch. I was meant to go to Jericho. That's where I'm going. I was meant to be the, the purpose, the passion of God. I'm going to do, I'm going to Jericho. I'm better than this ditch. My second prayer is this that you would honestly look at the people God has placed in your life and you would say about them, they are better than this ditch. You may need to look at your husband or wife and say, my husband or wife is better than the ditch they're in right now. Maybe they're not even actively coming to church. Maybe they're out of work. Maybe they're battling depression, right? You need to say it about them. Say it about your family. Say it about your coworkers. Say it about the kids in your school and your class. Just say it. They're better than this ditch. That little boy wearing the same clothes three weeks, he's better than that ditch. I'm not, I'm not going to angle and avoid. I don't want you to. They're better. Come on, your coworkers better. It's easy to pass by. It's easy to criticize. It's easy to judge. But God is calling us. God is calling us. God's calling them out of the ditch. Can I pray with you today? Would you close your eyes? Jesus is healer. Come on, I declare it today, God. Jesus is healer. Is there anyone here this morning with no one looking around? And, and I believe that, that eyes are closed here. But just, is there anyone here that would say, Micah, I've been hurt on the way. I don't talk about it a lot. I'm not looking for a pity party today, but I've been hurt on the way. Is there anyone that would just lift a hand up and say, wow. Wow, that's a lot of hands. Thank you. I've been hurt on the way. Would you say that prayer over your life right now? I'm better than this ditch. Man, I feel God's love right now. Even as I see some of you whisper that prayer, that's powerful. Come on, say it. I'm better than this ditch. I'm better than this ditch. I'm not staying here. It's been a difficult season in my life, but I'm better than this ditch. And my final prayer is your eyes are closed. If there's someone in your life that you've thought of, maybe a family member, a friend, a neighbor, but you don't want them to stay in the ditch, I mean, you're serious. A year from now, five years from now, it would break your heart if you thought they stayed in the ditch. God's going to use you to help them. Would you just declare that over their life? They're better than the ditch. They're better than the ditch. Thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you for every hand that was raised. God, if there was someone here today that's never accepted Christ, I pray that would, they would make that amazing decision even right now as I'm praying. That they would determine in their heart that maybe they've said no to Jesus for a while, but they want to say yes. And I pray that would happen today. And I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you again this morning for listening. Can we give Mike a hand? Well, we're going to close out our time of worship today. This powerful time of worship we've had with our giving. Our ushers would come on down front. Get ready to. This is our time for tithes and offerings. For those of us that River City is our home, if you're our guest today, the service is our gift to you.
Children's Ministry.